0: welcome to season two of the anchored by the sword podcast i'm gina and i'm so excited to have you guys join me every week to hear about the freedom stories that god has created through the lives of these individuals you will find something in each of these stories to glean from to help you in your walk with god or to even begin your walk with god so let's go let's do this Take a listen and share with your people. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining me for another week of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. I am joined today by Brittany Braswell. Um, I'm going to have her go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about her. And also, she's got a really cool fun fact that I think you guys will like. (laughs)
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me here today, Gina. I'm super excited to talk to you and your amazing listeners. Um, Like like you said, my name is Brittany. I'm a registered dietitian, and I coach women in recovery from disordered eating and negative body image. So I help them reduce their anxiety and their disordered behaviors, so that they can ditch food rules and just really confidently restore their health. Um, One of the things I really love to do is emphasize the importance of helping replace negative beliefs with spiritual truth to really help mm-hmm. my clients discover their God-given purpose and get away from finding their identity in their body or their eating disorder. So um I love it. I get to I have the privilege of running a, a virtual private practice. So I see clients from all over the place um, and get to help them in in that process of just improving their relationship with food and their body in a one-to-one format and in group coaching programs. And it's a lot of fun. So and my fun fact fun fact, um, I actually when uh, Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech, he is the uh, he was MVP. Well, I guess maybe it's been two years ago now, um, with the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. I got to work with him. I was one of his dietitians at Texas Tech University his senior year.
0: That is awesome. I loved watching yeah. him play.
1: <laughs> yes, he's phenomenal. He's he's a character too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he looks like he would be.
1: <laughs> he has lots big personality.
0: <laughs> so um I think what you do is really
1: amazing. How did you get into all this? Oh, it's a totally a God thing. Um, yeah. So I actually started off in undergrad, majoring in pre-dental. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, I had braces when I was younger. And I was like, I want to be the orthodontist that helps somebody else, like <laughs> not feel so self-conscious about their smile. Um, but then my freshman year in school, I don't even know exactly how it happened, but God just kind of placed some place this um, feeling in my heart, like, okay, you're interested in this, but it's not my plan for you. This is your plan for you. So um, I just kind of started looking into what are some other majors that still kind of go along with the healthcare field and serving people and nutrition just sort of fell in my lap. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always loved the, like helping people to be more healthy, but not just from a physical standpoint. And so I got really interested in sports nutrition actually. And um, our campus dietitian at the time who was our I guess our sports dietitian He focused on football and basketball and baseball and all the different campus sports um I got to do an interview with him for one of my classes and I was just like this is it like this is the area I want to do um I want to help all these athletes who have um already have all these desires to be healthy because at the time I was like I don't want to work with people who don't actually want to want a dietitian so, <laughs> so at the time I was like well this would be perfect I can help them like stay healthy and perform better and they'll be motivated and excited about it. And I loved that. Um, But then after I finished undergrad, I was headed to grad school. That's I, I worked for a little while before I went to grad school. So I kind of came back and did that. Uh, But my husband and I were in Texas. That's how Mm -hmm. we ended up at Texas tech and um, where I, where I got to work with the dietitian there. And I was bound and determined to, finished my graduate degree with like a concentration in sports nutrition. Mm-hmm. I found a, uh, a professor there that that was her specialty. Um, she taught classes. She did research. She was working with some of the athletic teams. So I got into Texas Tech. I was even granted a graduate assistantship. And I was, I was like during my grad assistantship to work with her. Well, as the Lord would have it, she transitioned to another school. Like she took a job at another university, like just a few weeks before I got there, so I'm thinking, well, God, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I'd still had my assistantship, like promised, but I was like, who am I going to end up with now? And as the Lord would have it, I I worked with the um, the dietetic internship director there. Which, if you're not familiar with nutrition, that's the the person that coordinates all of the students who are becoming dietitians, who are doing rotations, and they're working on their not just their degree, but their like additional like board certification kind of practice hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I was working with her, I just decided, okay, well, since I'm, I'm not working with the sports professor, I'm going to gear all of my graduate projects and papers towards sports nutrition. I'm going to make this happen. I'm kind of like fighting God on it. Cause I didn't know what else there was at the time. Right. And the more and more that I looked into it, the more I started studying the aesthetic sports. So like, gymnastics, dance, swimming, diving, a lot of those, there's a lot of subjectivity in the, Mm -hmm. in the judging. And there's a lot of body and shape kind of based appearances and the way you move your body or hold yourself. And the Lord just kept telling me like, like, this is why you're so interested in sports nutrition. And this is how I'm going to change your direction. Because I kept seeing the prevalence of disordered eating among those, those types of athletes, those athletes within those, those sports. And so, again kind of as the lord would have it there was for the first semester it was offered there was a new course on eating disorder treatment um, Mm -hmm. for nutrition professionals so i was like well as interesting as this is maybe i'll be really interested in this class so i took it and god was like this is where i want you to stay like don't worry about the sports nutrition that's not where i have you going so i fought him on it a little while and then finally was just like okay this is I don't exactly know the why behind it, but I'm just going to mm-hmm. trust that this is where you have me going. So, um, I ended up just having a love for, for this particular population for mm-hmm. not just athletes, but people struggling with self-image, low body image, low self-confidence, low self-esteem, not knowing how to take care of their bodies in a way that helps them feel good and honors God in the process. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about how I, I guess, got into this particular area of nutrition and kind of why part of the reason why I love it. Uh Uh-huh. That's
0: awesome. And that is so that is so needed. What kind of conditions do
1: you help to treat? I see a little bit of everything. Um, Most of the clients that come to me right now are women, but I have some men as well that I work with. And, and I think what happens, I think there's such a stigma right now around mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and thankfully, or, or maybe not 20, 2020 was, you know, kind of pushed a lot of people. And, um, and I think it, it helped in the sense of opening people's eyes that mental health is not just this one idea that people have about what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the clients that come to me, maybe don't even have a diagnosed eating disorder, but they just know there's, there's something not normal about the way that i am taking care of myself. I'm so anxious when I am trying to figure out what to eat, or I feel so guilty or so much shame when I eat this, that, and the other. And I just don't want to be thinking about food all the time. I don't want to be Mm -hmm. concerned about my body all the time. I want to live life and I don't want to be terrified. I don't want to live in this state of chronic fear and anxiety. So I'm like, yes, that's, that's me. Like, come (laughs) let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about freedom. Um, Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of aspects of freedom that, um, that I get to work with. I'm really excited about. And so I think the biggest behaviors, I guess, that people struggle with, like, like if you're listening and you struggle with like restricting your food, like if you notice, I've tried every diet under the sun, right? Fad dieting or doing different types of restrictive behaviors is a form of disorder eating. Like it's a behavior just because you've been on a diet, doesn't mean you have an eating disorder, right? But it's a disordered behavior because more than likely you're looking at food as either good or bad. Or if I eat this particular food, it makes me a better person. Or if you've ever had one of those days, where like I was just really bad today. I just ate, you know, X, Y, and Z. That starts warping the way that you, see and relate to food mm-hmm. and then the way that you start identifying yourself because of that. So those are a lot of the, kind of the, um, the types of conversations and struggles that I get to work with people to help improve.
0: That's great. That I think 2020 really did bring about a lot of issues for people and it really did reduce the stigma a little bit. It's, it's putting a debt into it.
1: Yes. We're still working on it. That's definitely something yes. I'm passionate about, about getting the word out that like, when you seek help and when you ask for help and direction in these things, it doesn't mean that, that like, you've just given up and you can't do it on your own. Um, Exactly. It is, it's so much more of just saying, Hey, I realize my limitations and I'm ready to like, instead of struggling with this on my own forever, I'm going to fast track the process and I'm going to get somebody with some healthy perspective. Um, So, so yes, I hope that continues to improve. um, And I hope I get to continue being a part of that process. (laughs) tell everybody about your ebook. Oh yeah. So, so this is something I just saw so much need. I see so many questions come in about intuitive eating. So Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with what intuitive eating is, um, it's based on a a book called intuitive eating by two registered dietitians. Um, they specialize in disorder eating and, um, it, it really kind of goes through 10 different principles about ways to, to get back in tune with your own, not just your bodily signals a lot of people refer to it sometimes as like the hunger and fullness diet and it's mm-hmm. certainly more than recognizing when you're hungry and and recognizing when you're full there's a lot of um emotional and cognitive components to it to help you nourish yourself in a way that helps your body feel good um but mm-hmm. that also brings you more satisfaction while you're mm-hmm. eating and so so my ebook walks through those 10 principles from a faith-based perspective and shows how the Lord, their scripture, um, intended for us to be able to eat intuitively. Um, one of the things that talks about in the, in the, the main intuitive eating book is how we're all born intuitive eaters, mm-hmm. because if, if you have children or if you've ever seen a small child eating, right. They're either, you know, maybe they're nursing or they're taking a bottle and then what do they do when they, when they're done eating, they either like fall asleep or they turn their head to the side mm-hmm. right? and they're done, Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, we have gotten away from that. We've Mm -hmm. had so many other things that come in that tell us now is when you need to stop or um, just keep going and ignore your body. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe people don't always realize they're ignoring their body, but, um, but there's things that maybe keep them from being as aware or as in tune with what their body's trying to tell them. Mm -hmm.
0: That sounds great. I will put links to that in the show notes. Now going off to another topic, let's talk about your personal freedom story.
1: So my freedom story plays into what I do for sure. And I would say it really directed me really saying yes to the Lord and what I do, because it really wasn't until, um, so my husband and I were in Texas, we moved back to Alabama when he, he got the call of God to kind of go into some, some more like ministry school and training, Mm -hmm. um, and we, we both met actually in a small group when we were in college. And when we moved back to Alabama, our, our church in college has several campuses. And so we were fortunate enough that some of the campuses are located in our area. Uh-huh. Um, and so there was a curriculum in college that one of the small groups did that we were really interested in. And so we got involved in that particular curriculum when we came back to, um, back to Birmingham. And it was really in that group that the Lord brought both of us, but definitely brought me and into this level of freedom that I can now walk my clients through as well. And so some of the, the biggest aspects of things that I, I guess became free from mm-hmm. words was a big one. So like okay. looking at the power of words yes. and the things that we speak over ourselves, the, the things that we speak over other people, mm-hmm. that sometimes they don't feel big. They may be like little, little statements that seem super casual that we, that come out of our mouth on a daily basis. Like, um, like, oh, I was bad today or a lot of the I am statements, Mm like I'm tired. I'm sick. I'm lonely. I'm not good enough. I'm all these things. Right. And so what happens is when you say that, like you are saying you agree with that, like you're coming into agreement most of the time, right? With a lie that the enemy is Mm -hmm. trying to speak over you. Right. If it's, I'm not good enough. We know the Lord doesn't, doesn't say those things about us. right? Right. We're coming into agreement with maybe words that that the enemy has kind of placed in our mind. And so looking at how, how do I harness my words and how uh-huh. do I speak words over other people? How can we learn to to speak life and encouragement and edify and build each other up? Um, and especially using scripture to do that. Not mm-hmm. just, Hey, I'm awesome. Right? <laughs> like, like maybe that is the case. Like Thanks. you're, you're awesome. But like being able to say too, like, Hey, this is what the Lord says about me. And this is why I know it's true versus mm-hmm. just how I'm, Feeling about myself in the moment, so power of words is a big one. Um, getting freedom from unforgiveness was a huge one, and I think that's something that people don't realize hold them back so often. Mm. Whether it's from disordered eating or other things, um, holding holding on to unforgiveness, and my clients will tell you this. I like I love to use analogies, and I see unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping that other person that you're holding that unforgiveness against dies of smoke inhalation. you're doing so much damage to yourself, right? And you're just hoping that like by doing all of these things that you're holding that grudge or you're, you know, you're kind of punishing them for whatever they did to you directly or indirectly. And forgiveness is like saying, okay, forgiving them doesn't mean like I'm validating what they did or that what they did is okay. It's just saying, I'm no longer going to be the judge or jury. I'm going to let the Lord be responsible for, for bringing justice or whatever it might be. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's so much burden that is lifted from that. And there's so much freedom that comes from your ability to connect and really have that intimacy with the Holy Spirit right. that holding, holding to that unforgiveness keeps you from. Um, so that, I think those two things, like getting free from the negative words I was speaking mm-hmm. and unforgiveness are two huge things that brought me into a greater level of freedom and closeness with the Lord that I love now to be able to help my own clients walk through in their own way. Um, Mm -hmm. in their recovery, growing their relationship with the Lord and getting free from the lies of the enemy.
0: That is amazing. Now, what about this baby?
1: Oh man. (laughs) So so I have, um, I have two amazing, beautiful children, um, but didn't know if I ever would. Okay. Um, so kind of my freedom story when it comes to my family. Um, so that first small group is actually called a freedom group. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's actually called a Freedom Group. And so there's kind of like a we we sort of just refer to it as Freedom 2.0, but there's like a follow-up group um <laughs> that if when you go through Freedom that's kind of just like a a, a really great next step kind of curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um so then when we were in that first group our our mentors knew that we were had been struggling with infertility. Um for a while we had been really wanting to start a family that had not happened yet and we really hadn't told people about it. Um, Hadn't told our families that we were even trying to have kids. Um, I don't know if, if you or if anybody listening has ever been asked like, hey, when are you going to have kids? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're sh- when you're trying to have kids and you're struggling, that's like the worst question because nobody wants to just say, well, we're trying, but it's not happening. Right. Um, and so there was just this part of me that I was like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't even want anybody to know because then they're going to ask and it's going to like my heart's just going to crush. So we get into the second small group. And it takes me a little while to like open up to people. Um, But this first night, the Lord was like, impressing on my heart. He's like, you just have to talk about it. Like, Mm -hmm. like nothing's happening because you're not putting your trust in me and you're not allowing somebody else to, to be a part of this process and and bless you through it. And so Mm -hmm. I was fighting it. And this, this group was like, was a co-ed group, but out of the wisdom of our leaders, they, they split men and women when it's time to like, like so we can pray over each other because there's Mm -hmm. certain things that men need to pray over their men for and women need to pray over other women for that don't really need to be discussed together aren't as aren't as helpful for growth um and so we did that had some amazing amazing leaders in that group and they come around to me and they're like okay Brittany what can we pray for for you (laughs) and I lost it I'm not a big crier (laughs) I probably have cried a lot more now that I do have kids because I don't know, mama hormones or something, mood changes. <laughs> but but I fight it. And that night I was like, no, no, God, I can't do this. And he was like, you're gonna do it if you want children. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't, I won't say it was an ultimatum, but it was just he was like, you have to trust me and stop fighting it. So I broke down, I started crying and I was like, I want to be a mom. Like this is not happening. Um and the ladies in that group were so amazing. They they like literally gathered around me, lay their hands on me, prayed for me that night, and If you have never felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, it was just this like, like I just knew He was there. He was He was doing a move. Um, Mm -hmm. So we come back. That was night one (laughs) of group of these (laughs) ladies that don't even know me yet, (laughs) and they were so gracious about it. Um, And come to find out, there were two other ladies in that group who who were like struggling with the same thing, and Mm -hmm. so it kind of gave them the courage to say, "Okay, I can talk about this too. Like I'm not the only one going through this." um, which is so amazing. Cause God just does that so often when we finally trust yes, him. He does. So, so fast forward, I don't know, nine or 10 weeks later, our small groups kind of happen in semesters. So like 12 or 13 weeks or so at a time. And I get to come back one week and bring my sonogram that, that, that we got the first time, you know, we went to the, to the OBGYN office and, um, it was, it was so crazy because, there are a lot of things to take into consideration when trying to figure out, you know, what's the gestational age of the baby. So based on what the physician told us, we were like, that's impossible. Like based on all the hormonal things and all the things that have to happen, baby is not that old. Like the timeline is off. Uh Like, well, the ultrasound doesn't really lie. Like we can kind of see how long he's been there. We didn't know he was a he at the time, but right. um, So we go back and look at the calendar and Based on the gestational age they set of the baby, it dated back to that first night where those ladies prayed over me. So it was just this like miracle of based on biology and what science and timeline says about like how infants, like the conception and the growth process, this would have been impossible. Mm -hmm. And, and so it was, (laughs) it was really amazing because one of the ladies there that didn't just pray over me, but really spoke a verse that that I've really kind of held on to anchored myself to okay um she was not there the night and I was so disappointed because I was at group and I was like I have to share this with her well she wasn't at she wasn't at small group that night and um or at least when I told everybody so there's like 15 minutes left of group and I have shared this with all these ladies they are so excited other people are now crying (laughs) and 10-15 minutes left of group Tammy walks in who is this woman that has been praying over me, encouraging me this whole semester, and she walks in, and everybody just starts crying. And I'm like, "What is wrong?" And I see her coming in, and she just looked at me, and and everybody was like staring, like, "Okay, what do we do now?" Because now Tammy's here. And we've, all <laughs> been, we've all been thinking, like, we're gonna have to just call her. We're gonna have to. She's gonna have to wait a whole another week to find out. And so she comes in, and she's like what's going on? And I pull my sonogram picture out and then she starts crying and she's like, well, Brittany, I got to tell you something. I was like, what? She said, I wasn't going to come to group tonight at all. She said, you know, I got off work late. Traffic was terrible. So I was just headed home and the Lord told me to turn my car around and come to group. And she said, I fought it because there's only 10 minutes left. I told him, I was like, there's no point in going. They're done with the, the curriculum for the night. They're just going to be like hanging out, wrapping up. And she said, but he told me I had to come. So I, I came and I, I just did it. And, uh, and so I love that this has kind of become part of her story too, because when she finally submitted to the Lord, instead of, you know, step arming him, we got to celebrate that night together. And so, um, that was, that's been kind of my, my freedom story in the sense of when you don't know every single, like why I love to know why behind everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who likes to ask why as much as I do, but I always want to know the why and have Really gotten to the point with the Lord that I like. It's okay to ask why, mm-hmm. but it's also okay to to not always expect the the answer for the why. And I think there's so much freedom in that,
0: in mm-hmm. knowing
1: that there's a level of not just faith but trust. Because trust is like putting your faith in action, right? right. Like it's saying, "I know you're going to do this, but now I'm going to take an action step so that you can prove that that's what you're doing. Like that I'm going to submit that." Um, so that's become such a, an area of freedom for me that helps me move forward. And I think that helps my clients move forward too. And knowing that the Lord is going to fulfill those promises that, that he mm-hmm. gives you, that he's, if he promises it, he's never not made good on a promise.
0: Yeah. How old is that baby now?
1: He is three and a half uh-huh. and <laughs> so much energy. Love it. <laughs> um, challenges my, not challenges, encourages my relationship <laughs> with the Lord and challenges my prayer life. <laughs> the best way and uh and his little sister came along two years after that so um yeah the lord has just been been really great and showing showing us his goodness and bringing us greater into greater levels of freedom with him
0: Uh uh-huh that is amazing I love that story which verses have kept you anchored in not just that scenario but in life and through schooling and everything
1: one of the, the biggest ones, um, for me, um, in, in that group that I have, I clung to then, and I still cling to now in so many different areas. Um, cause I, I love when you're reading scripture, the Lord can reveal something to you. Like every, every time you read it, he might reveal something new. Right. Um, and so in, in that group, Tammy Bishop was the lady that, that was praying over me. And that first night in group, um, she was just like, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Like that's what that's what I'm gonna be praying over you. And it says, um, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it mm. will be yours. Um, and you've got to read <laughs> scripture in context. So I made sure to get yes. there too. But <laughs> but um, but that is something that I have clung to because it wasn't just I wanted this random thing. I've, God, I want a red sports car, so I'm gonna believe that I've got it and <laughs> you're gonna give it to me, right? But it was this like deep longing that had been in my heart that I knew the Lord had already told me, I'm gonna fulfill this in my time and you, you gotta chill out. You gotta trust <laughs> me with it. Um, and and I don't know about you or about listeners, but like the longer time goes on, the more the, the more easy it becomes to doubt and say, like, did you really say that? And I think that comes back, I mean, Eve experienced that in the garden, right? Like with the the serpent was tempting her. He's like, Did God really say that? Um And Satan tries to just warp so much, like he's not creative. And so he reuses things that happen, right. Or he tries to like, just slightly change something to make a us question. If what we already know to be true is actually true. And so he was kind of doing that in my mind. I'm like, are you sure the Lord promised you a baby? Like maybe you're just going to be the perpetual, like love on everybody else. The Lord has that for some people. I have my husband's aunt who I consider my aunt is. Amazing. She and she and her husband don't have kids, but they are mom and dad to like, like Mm -hmm. like spiritual parents to so many. And there's such a (laughs) a need and a role for that. And I love that. I have some spiritual parents, and it's like the the greatest thing. But I knew the Lord had spoken to me like you were going to have children, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it was going to be biologically, if it was going to be adopting. It was like you're going to raise you're going to raise babies. So I needed that that verse, and I needed not just to read it for myself, but for somebody else to speak that into my life too. And mm-hmm. say, I'm going to come into agreement with you on this, that the Lord has promised this to you. You've got to believe that you've received it. You have to thank the Lord in advance. I think that's one thing I learned too from like the power of words is he tells us in scripture and I can't tell you where, but like to come to his gates with thanksgiving mm-hmm. right? like before you start asking for things, thank him for it. Like Have that spirit of gratitude and thankfulness. And, and I wasn't coming into prayer saying, thank you God for the future babies you're bringing me. I was going like, God, I'm hopeless. Um, I, I'm not even sure this is, I really heard you. Right. So um, that, that Mark 11:24 has been really huge for me. Um, there's so many verses, I guess, that I share with my clients all the uh-huh. time about just our worth and validation in the Lord and that he has for us that really anchor our identity in him. And so I probably have a list of verses I could pull up that I use on a regular (laughs) basis, but I think that Mark 1124 has been really uh, a hard, fast, consistent one for me. Um, Not just in having children, but knowing like when I'm helping my clients, they can cling to that verse, knowing that the Lord has freedom for us. Like he has already like, if you skip to the last page of scripture on a day, you're having a bad day, like skip to the end and we win. Right, Right. Like that's, that's you, that can be your encouragement. And so being able to say, Lord, I'm going to ask for something in prayer that I know you've already promised that aligns with your will and your truth. And I'm going to believe that I have received it because you've already promised it Mm -hmm. saying, thank you, Lord, for the way that you're going to help me to grow today. Thank you for the way that you are going to help me rely on you more today. Thank you for the way that you're going to give me hope when I'm feeling hopeless because It's really hard to, it's really hard to be like angry with the Lord while you're also thanking him. Right. Right. For like not fulfilling something that you think should have happened in on your timeline. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of just softens your heart and opens you up to hear from him. And the Mm -hmm. the more you tune into his voice, the more potential you have, not, not just to get the answer you're looking for, but to get the answer that's going to lead you in the right direction. If that makes sense.
0: Oh, it makes sense. Absolutely. This Um, has been an amazing conversation. Is there anything else you want to encourage or tell
1: my listeners? I think I would really just say that when it comes to identity, like finding your identity in Christ is the only way to walk in complete freedom, whether that is from fear, negative body image, food rules, um, it may not have anything to do with your body or disorder of eating, um, but finding your identity in Christ is going to allow you to fully live your life without having you know, those thoughts from the enemy infiltrate or without obsessing over food or what you look like um, or what you feel like you're supposed to eat or not eat. And so if you are listening and if you struggle with body image or maybe you've been dieting for years or you're just like, maybe you feel disconnected from the Lord because Maybe you've given over a lot to him and said, okay, Lord, here's, here's my life. You take over except this one little area, right? Like tell me what to do. I'll talk to who you want me to talk to. I'll get the job you want, but I'm going to hold on to how I eat. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's something that we don't always realize we haven't given over to him. And I think so many people um, warp the scripture about your body being a temple. Mm -hmm. because we see a temple as this like clean, pristine, beautiful, ornate, place that we serve the Lord. And when you look back at it, the context and the, the original language, they're not talking about some beautiful ornate building. It's the, the temple is the place where the Holy Spirit lives. And so we're meant to, he's meant to dwell within us. We're meant to be a home. We don't have to be this like perfect, you know, whitewashed tomb, you know, on the outside that scripture talks about. And so, um, I think my encouragement would just be that, you know, you can find total peace when it comes to, healing from your struggles, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. Um, but that the only way to do that is really through the Lord, finding your identity in Christ and being willing to hear, hear the responses maybe that you don't always want to hear. Being, being willing to hear something different than what you're um, maybe initially asking for or the, that it comes about in a way that's different than what you're expecting.
0: Mm-hmm. That is so good. And I know somebody will get something from that today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. And where can everybody uh, find you? You know, borderline stalky you know, whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, I love, I love, I love people. I think that's one of the reasons, like, I really just love this field. I love to make connections. Um, and so best way to connect with me, like get to know me. Um, I'm definitely on on social media, a little bit on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Braswell RD. I do have a, a private Facebook community. So if you are specifically wanting to connect a little bit more about recovery and you just want some free support, you want to connect with women who are going through a similar struggle. um, I have a Facebook group called eating disorder recovery support for Christian women. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, like I said, I try to provide some free resources and just regular encouragement there. Um, or you can always head to, if you want to get the free ebook, um, I'd love to make sure your listeners get that gift. You can head over to my website at Brittany Braswell rd.com. And on the main page, um, there's a link where you can download the ebook and kind of get that journey started with healing that relationship with food and with your body and, um, finding ways to, to walk in your relationship with the Lord and find that identity in Christ.
0: That is great. And I I know that the listeners will really get something out of all of that. Thank you so much for coming on today, uh, Brittany. I'm so glad to have been able to speak with you.
1: Well, thank you so much again, Gina, for having me. I have enjoyed getting to connect with you and your listeners and maybe we can connect again at another time.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Okay. Thank and you so much. Have a wonderful you guys day next as week.
1: well.
0: All right. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Anchored by the Sword podcast. I'm so blessed and grateful that you have taken your time to listen to this episode and to allow the freedom stories of the individual to be a part of your day. So let me know what you loved about the episode by heading over to the Instagram page at Anchored by the Sword podcast or over to the Facebook page for Anchored by the Sword And let's have a conversation. Also, I would really appreciate it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this episode so that other people can find this podcast. So blessed to have you here. Have an
1: amazing week. God bless.